The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Now, we um, all love our pets, but how often should you be feeding your pet and how much food and how do you know that they're getting all the nutrition they need for a long and healthy life? Well, Pete Wedderburn, Pete the Vet, founder of Pet Fix Club, is uh, on the line now. Pete, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Now, sometimes we kill our pets with kindness, literally. We overfeed them, we feed them too much. Do you know, that's actually the most common nutritional problem that vets see in Ireland today. Um, up to two-thirds of pets are overweight. Uh, they've just been fed too well. So we very rarely see shortages and deficiencies. We very commonly see problems of excess, unfortunately. Um, how do you know um, what to feed your pet? I mean, how much every day? Because there are some species that seem to put on weight so easily and other species, um, they literally, if you'll pardon the pun, are like greyhounds all their lives. Well, I, I think owners have to remember that they're in control and it's up to them. And you don't win by just giving your dog what they want. That's why you have so many fat pets. Dogs love to eat. It's part of the, the one of the real highlights of their life. But if you think about it, um, dogs are accustomed maybe to not having enough food. Um, maybe they come across food and then they eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until it's all gone. And then they might not find some more food for a couple of days. That's what would happen to free ranging dogs. Dogs in our custody, in our care, um, food is always available, but they still want to eat as much as they can when they can. And so that means that if, if you just like seeing your dog happy, then you'll just give them food because it makes them happy. And you'll confuse that with love. But you have to remember that what love really means is caring for your animal in a way that gives them the healthiest life and the longest life. And that means that you control their food to a restricted amount that's good for them. And that's what you need to be doing. Uh, and really, I think the biggest thing that, that comes down to is, first of all, choosing a good quality diet for them. And secondly, giving it to them in measured amounts so that you know exactly how much you're giving every day. Um, and you, and that way, um, you can then weigh them intermittently, maybe every month or every two months, and you can make sure that they're not putting on too much weight or losing weight. Uh, and, and that's a very simple, straightforward thing to do. It's amazing how many people don't do that. Now, some people find a, a food that suits their dog, for example, or their cat, but say particularly the dogs. And mm. they're young puppies and they're growing and they get this food and they keep them on that food. But when they're mature adult dogs, they actually don't need the kind of food they need when they're growing. Yes, there's something called life stage nutrition. And, and that makes sense. And what that means is choosing a diet that's been designed for your particular pet's stage of life. So puppy food is designed to help pets grow. And Oh, we seem to designed. be losing Pete intermittently. No, He's back. Sorry. Yeah. Senior diets are designed. To, um, they've got nutrition that's designed specifically for older pets, who, which are different needs to, to, to pups. So, yes, it makes sense to choose life stage nutrition. Um, um, a, a question that is coming in again and again is how do you manage a pet that is overweight? You know, you really have to put them on a diet, but, you know, you almost have to cut them down to nothing to get them to lose weight. How do you handle that reduction? 
Well, the starting point would always be for me to, to rather than going straight to special weight reduction diets, which do have their place, I would start to simply measure how much you're giving them. So um, you can weigh it and then you can get a, a plastic cup or something and, and see how much the weight gets to on that cup and give them that amount twice a day. Um, and just if they're overweight, then you gradually reduce it. So you might start by reducing the quantity by perhaps 25%. Give them, give them 75% of what you were giving them beforehand and carry on with that for, for let's say, two or three weeks and weigh them again. And if they're still not losing weight, then reduce it further. Uh, and that's the way that you judge it. It's really very simple. Um, there are so many proprietary foods, and I know you and Pet Fix Club have your your own food. Um, people need to know, I suppose, what to look for on the label in terms of what they vitally need for their pet. Yes. We seem to be having some issues, sorry, Pete. I, I, it's fine. I've sorted out the issue. I'm sorry. It was a it was an <laughs> iPad butting in there. That's sorted out now. Apologies. Okay, yeah, carry fine. on. Yeah. Yes. So... Um, I think what's really important is that people understand that um, pet food does vary significantly in terms of quality. Uh, um, and what you should do is you should look at the ingredients label, should know what to look for. And what you should look for is specific ingredients, not just generic catch-all. So pet foods that say things like meat and animal derivatives or perhaps derivatives of vegetable, vegetable origin, those are catch-all terms that mean that they can use anything they want in there, as long as it fits that particular description. Whereas if you choose a diet that says chicken meal or um, rice or something very specific like that, then you know what's in it. It's that particular substance. Mm. So I think people should look for those specific ingredients. They should read the label of what's, uh, what's in pet food so they understand. And I think that's, you know, what people want to do is to be in charge of, of you know, knowing what they're doing with their pet. And that includes knowing what you're feeding them. Now, uh, questions. Sean says, my uh, dog is continuously licking his paws. Is it a concern? Is it linked to diet? I think it's, it can be linked to diet. That's quite uncommon. It's far more likely that it's linked to what the dog's walking on. Dogs walk around in their bare feet all the time, obviously. And that means that if your dog walks on grass, on tarmac, on salted areas of road, on carpets um, that are being treated with, I don't know, like different deodorizers or shampoos, any fabrics to come into contact with, all of those things um, that the dog's pads are quite hard and insensitive, but in between the pads, in between their toes, they've got very soft, sensitive skin. So if a dog is doing this, licking their feet a lot, the first thing I would do is start to wash their feet twice a day. So when they get back from a walk, um, have a basin of water and rinse their feet and dry them to remove any possible substances that might be causing irritation. Um, it is also linked to boredom. Dogs that don't get enough exercise or engagement, they sometimes, like humans chewing their yeah. fingernails, sometimes dogs lick their feet. Paul in Cork says, I have a Weimaraner. He seems to produce very loose stools. I feed him nuts and a half a tin of dog food. He also manages to find things like used tissues and feces when out walking. Is he lacking something? Absolutely not. No. Um, commercial pet food is complete, generally. It says in the label, complete food. So it's science. scientists have designed it so that it gives pets all the nutrients they want. Um, uh, somebody said to me, oh, feeling kibble is like giving a dog donuts all the time. It absolutely is not. Donuts are not balanced food. Kibble, nuts, 
it's balanced. It legally has to be balanced. It ne- legally has to be nutritionally complete. So, um, but but kibble does vary from batch to batch, from, from or rather from brand to brand. So any dog that has digestive upsets, I would be saying, look at the kibble that you're using and possibly change to a higher quality one with more specific and um, more digestible ingredients. That's the first thing I'd say to him. I'd also say that any dog that's eating um, rubbish like that, scavenging when it's out and about, well, that is going to cause a digestive upset, of course. I have a six-month-old Cavachon puppy who's a very fussy eater. We've weaned him onto different kibbles, but he gets fed up. Is it okay to mix normal food in, such as chicken or sardines or cheese, because without it he won't eat the stuff? Okay, well, the, the, jet, the general rule of thumb is you can give up to 10% of the total amount of food into as treats, as tasty bits and pieces, if, if, you, if you want to, if you feel you must to. But I would also say that dogs have... Some dogs don't like food all that much, and they actually prefer attention from their owner to food. So they, some dogs seem to learn that if I turn my nose away at this food, I'm going to get all sorts of attention from my owner, and they're going to throw all sorts of really tasty bits of you know, uh, treats at me. So I'm going, to, I'm going to refuse this. And so there is an element of that, and I would again be saying to people, you should put the food down for your dog, and you should walk away. 20 minutes uh, and then come back and pick it up again and then represent it 12 hours later and lots of so-called fussy dogs once you treat them in that way um, after about two days of being treated like that they just get on with it and start to eat their food again <laughs> hunger is hunger is a great sauce a final one i have a, a three-year-old neutered tomcat he's not a posh breed lots of long hair he can't or won't or doesn't groom properly and gets lots of dreadlocks we've had to resort to sedation twice to get them removed we brush him daily can anything be done to prevent this well i i think um, really thorough brushing is probably the best way to prevent it. And that means not just brushing with any old brush, but getting some of the more elaborate types of um, combs and and other such. Uh, there's one called a furminator, um, and it basically has a cutting blade as part of the as part of the comb or brush. And so if you use that, it's much more effective at taking away the dense undercoat, which contributes to these mats yeah. forming. But it is difficult because cats don't really like being groomed sometimes, and it's a battle of wills, I think. <laughs> Yeah, and they do have claws and teeth and one has to be wary of. Pete, that's all we have time for.